from the rugged desert outside Yuma, Arizona. This is Outpost Outspoken. Outpost Outspoken is the official podcast of U.S. Army Yuma Proving Ground, which conducts natural environment testing of military equipment in Arizona, Alaska, and the tropics. Hello, my name is James Gilbert of the YPG Public Affairs Office, and welcome to another episode of the Outpost Outspoken. Munitions, artillery, and aircraft all need one thing when they are undergoing testing here at Yuma Proving Ground. They all need targets. Joining us here today for another edition of the Outpost Outspoken is Randy Ehrlich, who is the supervisor of the Threat Systems Target Simulation Shop. What type of targets are made by the Threat System Target Simulation Shop? I'm assuming it's more than just silhouettes. Yes, it's more than silhouettes. We we make three-dimensional targets as well for other customers. What about uh, moving targets? We actually make moving targets as well. Um, basically, it's a uh, silhouette target that we'll put on a, a skid to save money. The uh, remote control portion is rather expensive, so we try not to shoot it. But we do have, when you need to shoot an axle, we do remote control actual vehicles. All right, Randy, what type of skills does it take to make targets? Welders, number one, I mean, you need to be a fabricator, not just a welder. A fabricator, someone that's worked in the field before, that's designed stuff, built stuff. Are there categories for the type of targets that you guys make? Yes, if, if we're talking um, remote control, self-propelled, yes. Um, this happened to us on PC. Whenever you do something, your customer, when you finish, always wants more. So we get the these two Chinese-type targets, the VN-17 and the Type 9-9. They, we built them for them for a shoot for PC. And then they said, hey, can you have them move? I said, sure, we can put a remote control kit in. It's about $110,000, $20,000. Wow. And they said, no, we don't have that kind of money. Can you do it cheaper? So our technicians got out there, and uh, one of our guys, Rob, designed a chain drive system to um, run at the speeds they are asking for. They was asking for four miles an hour. And they needed to go for 60 seconds. Our electronic person at the time, he, Jose, he's now a government employee, he um, figured out some IP relays to do start, stops, and reverse. And we made our target go out and come back. And we built that all for about $7,500, all in-house. Interesting. So it wasn't like on a track or anything. It was just pre-programmed into the target, and it moved on its own automation? Yes. Yeah, so, so just driving it up and down, you made your little ruts in the track. But uh, no, it's just a chain drive. We built the axles. We built the hubs, installed Humvee tires. They sat underneath the chassis on the 72 you, you couldn't see. And uh, they, the requirements go for 60 seconds and then come back. And very, very smart way to do a very low fidelity movement. Just straight up, straight back. So can you pretty much take us through how a target is made? So first of all, we get the request from the customer, whatever they want. Let's say it's an SA-22. So we don't have plans for an SA-22. The first thing we do is 
we go on the internet and find it. We ask the customer what scale do they need. They need a one-to-one, -one, a nine-tenths scale, or whatever. And then we'll scale the target and we'll build it to whatever fidelity they want. The more fidelity, the more money. So what is scaling? Scaling is taking a one-to-one -one size or, in the case of the Marine Corps, their doctrine is nine-tenths scale is fine, which helps out for shipping. If you get 11-foot wide or 12-foot wide, it's different permits to get them down the road. How close is it to an actual tank in size and scale that we touched on earlier? That's a good question. It depends on the customer. If the customer wants high fidelity, this is what we call it. High fidelity means it's going to be as accurate. If you looked at a uh, T-72 and you looked at a high fidelity and they were 50 yards apart, you would not tell what was, which one was real and which one was a, a surrogate target. We, um, we, we do the accuracy upon the customer's request. Accuracy, more higher accuracy, higher fidelity is more money because you have to be, you know, really incrementally build them to um, what, whatever standards they want. The, the highest accuracy we just did was for the Marine Corps Jagum shoot, and they wanted ultra high fidelity, and, uh, and they came out good. So fidelity is realism? Yes. Interesting. And I guess we touched on this earlier, takes a wide range of trades among the people working in your shop to be able to pull something like that off. This is true. We have a handful, I would say six or seven, that are very good at what they do, being either fabricators, electronic techs. Um, the, the welding's the easiest part. It's the fabrication, the design. We, um, we're right now we're starting to put together a library of CAD drawings so um, we should be able to cut down our material and labor by less waste and less time. So when you say you have to make a, a high fidelity target of a tank, do you, do you have all of the necessary you know, parts you need to make it there in the threat shop? Yes, we do. That's what we're, we're doing right now to replicate it. We're putting them all in drawings, and you'll get a, a packet. We'll give you basically a blueprint, a cut list, material list, and you go. It, it'll have the angles that you need to cut to, the angles you need to weld to, and so on and so forth. We've done this all, you know, one-offs, you know, meaning build one at a time and... Uh, you just go very slow, very time-consuming. That's why we went to this CAD program. We got one of our welders, not a, not a CAD person, but he made himself a CAD person. He's drawing for us, and he's done a very good job. He's got a couple of them down, and uh, that's the future. That's where we're going to save money. The lower the resolution, the less time it makes, or it takes to make the target, the higher the fidelity, the longer it takes to make? Yes, um, but um, originally it was that way. Where you know we've done a bunch right to date, and our guys are a lot faster. But when you can get a a drawing that gives you a cut list, and um, you can 
plug that into your CNC plasma machine, cut all your parts, it it arranges them in such a way that you don't waste material, and uh, that's the future. That's where you're going to make your money. I'm imagining, because I built models as a kid, I'm imagining when you open the box and you pull out all the pieces, it's in a like a frame already, and you just pop them out and put them together. Is that sort of what the CAD drawing will do? That That's... That's exactly what it'll do. It'll make that's like a nested project. That means all the pieces required within that target are right there. That's your your model. Um, it aligns them on this piece of paper, like your models are a piece of plastic. Ours are a step further because now it's it's taking all these bends in a model and it's putting them on a flat sheet and telling you where to bend, how to bend. So so it's um it's interesting. This is a question I know you've probably been asked a lot, but I really got to know myself. Is it hard to watch your targets get blown up? Actually, it's not. It's, it's quite different than what you would think. When we watch a target get blown up, it served its function. That's what it was built for. It was built for this sensor, for this munition, for something to destroy it. You know, and that's, that's what it's all about. We're about out of time, and once again, I want to thank you, Randy, for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Welcome to Outpost Outspoken. I'm your host for this segment, Anna Henderson. The Post Commissary at Yuma Proving Ground is the only grocery store in more than a 30-mile radius. Community members depend on the facility to keep their families fed, and the commissary staff has stepped up to the challenge recently earning the title of the second best small commissary with the Defense Commissary Agency's Richard M. Paget Award. Today, the store manager, Reba Maxwell, joins me. Welcome. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Let's just jump into it. Talk to me about what this award meant to your team. This award was special to us because there's only 10 of us. We're open six days a week when before they used to be five. So Tuesdays and Sundays are our busiest days, which are the days that we have the least staff. But we work well together as a team to give the customers what they need. And to be chosen for this award was an honor for us that we were very proud of. Now there's 236 total stores within the Defense Commissary Agency system. How did your store stand out? I think we just stood out by our hard work and our dedication and our care and working together as a family and as a team for our small community at YPG. And you are currently number one for sales in your zone. Tell me about that. That's amazing. We are open only six days a week, like I said, and most of the other stores in our zone are open seven days a week. And we're small compared to the large stores, but our percentage is up higher than everybody in the zone, and that makes us very proud and excited at our store for not only us, but for our customers and the community we serve. I asked you this earlier, what are people buying? People buy bananas the most. <laughs> um, but you know, every day is different at our store. For us, it's always a guessing game. We don't have our own meat department, so you know, you never know, like this, Tuesday if the customers are going to come in and buy all the meat out and then maybe tomorrow we don't have much. It's just a guessing game for us and our team to try to figure out what our customers want and need and make sure we have it in the store for them to get. Tell me about your team. You talked about them a little bit earlier. You said you guys are all like family. You work really hard together. 
We've written articles in the past in the Outpost, and we've talked about how your team is all cross-utilized, cross-trained. So tell me a little bit more about them. Yes, they are. Um, we all know how to do every job in the commissary. So if, you know, one of us isn't there, the other one fills in. They all are, all of us live on post. It's uh, three of us now. We have a new grocery manager. She lives on post also. Um, but we've all been associated with the military in some way, shape, or form. And w that's why we have pride in serving our service members who serve us still to this day. Tell me about your military history. Mine is, I was a military spouse for 23 years as an Army wife from 1988 until my husband retired in 2011. So we've been around the world and I've worked for the commissary 23 years. And you know how important it is to have what the, you need in that commissary because that's the only place you're going to be able to get it at sometimes. Yes, ma'am. Tell me about your customers. YPG is small. A lot of people say it's like Mayberry. I'm sure you feel like your customers are your family. We do. We know most all of our customers. We try to get anything they want. Like I tell them all, if there's something that you may buy at another store that we don't necessarily have, you can come in. We can try to bring it in for you. I can't promise them, but we always try. The hot commodity right now is Fairlife chocolate milk. And I, we try to order it every week, and they don't send it to us. I even had a customer a couple of weeks ago who wanted it, and I was in Vegas for Thanksgiving. So I try to go to the Nellis Air Force Base Commissary and bring it back for him if they had it, but they even said it sells out there. So we work with our customers like that. You know, he was like, oh, don't make a special trip just for me, but I'm like, I'm gonna be there anyway. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to bring it for him, but we're gonna have some tomorrow, so I'm so excited. <laughs> They're gonna love you even yes. more. That's great. I'm glad that you have that, that family feel because it, it makes it, I'm sure, a fun place to work and fun for your customers. I have seeing that the commissary hosts different types of events, the, the, pumpkin, the pumpkin weight guessing, yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> Tell me about the different things you do to, you know. We try to do things. We participate in most everything on um, YPG as far as outreach goes. If they do um, fall festival, we'll go to the fall festival. The children did trick-or-treating. Of course, we gave them candy. Um, any events that are going on on post, we try to be a part of. Um, and what can your customers expect at the commissary? Who can use it? Kind of just tell me some of those details. So who can use our commissary? Because in most commissaries, our commissary is different because we have the residents who live here on YPG and they have worked it out to where they're able to shop on our post. It's now opened up to all um, fire and emergency services. They can shop at any time, not only while they're on the clock, but even when they're after. And then, of course, retired. And also, we have veterans are now able to shop in the commissary. So we have a wide variety of customers where into the past you only could shop there if you were retired or if you were active duty. Okay, just another way that you're expanding your services to cover more people. Lastly, your hours. Our hours are Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. till 7 p.m. Friday, our hours are 11 to 5. Saturday, our hours are 10 to 5. And Sunday, our hours are 11.30 to 5.30. And we're closed on Mondays. Well, we are out of time, but if there's any last words you'd like to tell us about the commissary, the customers, or anything else, please. All I have to say is come by and see us and you might be happy with what you find. Our savings are significant over the grocery stores outside of the gate. Alrighty, well, Reba, thank you for your time today and also what you do daily for the YPG community.
Thank you and have a good day. Thank you. This has been Outpost Outspoken. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time from the forefront of Army transformation.